Good morning. It's a great blessing to be here this morning. It's great to see you. If you're a visitor here, we're very happy to have you with us here this morning. Uh, as was mentioned several times, as we just sung about, the year is ending. A new year is starting tomorrow. And I don't think I've been assigned this uh, slot before. And, you know, it doesn't happen that often that a Sunday falls on a New Year's Eve. So um, I'm going to absolutely give what you ex probably expected. And, and I'm going to try and give you a New Year's type sermon. So I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity and talk about um, generally what we can do in 2024. And I think uh, Brother Jonathan on Wednesday uh, may give us another sermon on maybe more specifics on setting goals for 2024. But I just want to talk about something very general, and that's finding your drive in 2024. Finding your drive, your motivation, your motor that keeps you going in 2024 and what that drive should look like. And I have a picture here of, of a, a man on a sailboat in the middle of, I don't know, a great lake perhaps, but uh, I'm going to pretend it's the ocean. Um, so the idea here is that we're all driving our own sailboat, sailing in the ocean of life. And that's the analogy I'm trying to draw here, that we all have our own little boat that we're driving, that we're sailing in the ocean of life. And sometimes the, the waters are calm. Sometimes it's, it's daytime, the sun is out, things are pretty, the, the, the birds over the sea are, are making noises that we like, or whatever, you know, we're enjoying it, things are going well, and it's easy to see where we're going, and, and life is good. Other times, there's a storm. The waves are beating against us, and they're big waves, and maybe there's thunder and lightning. Maybe it's nighttime, and we can't really see where we're going, and it's difficult, and the waves are hitting us, and we're just trying to stay afloat in life. And it's hard to know which way to turn, and it's hard to keep our drive going. So I want to try and motivate all of us to find our drive in 2024, to stay afloat, in 2024 and to keep our drive going 100% so we can go where we need to go. I want to start out by reflecting on uh, this previous year and show you a graph of my life in 2023. And this is probably a graph of all of our lives throughout the year because we have high moments and we have low moments. We have good things that happen in 2023 and sometimes there's bad things that happen to us and and this is true in my life. We have had high moments as our, in our family. We've had low moments. We've been coming off a of high moment, spending time with family and the holidays, going on vacation. Maybe that's not been a high moment for you. Maybe there's, there's people you're missing and, and loved ones that you miss in the holidays. Maybe that's more of a low moment for you. But we've also had low moments this past year where we've been discouraged and upset and sad. And it's gone up and down. And that's the way life is. I'm sure that's the way this past year has been for you. Sometimes this is a graph of our day. You know, we start out, maybe we're, we're happy and, and we're refreshed. We had a good night's sleep. We wake up, we get out of bed, and we stub our toe. And then we go back down, and, and it's a low moment. We're upset and we're hurting. And, and it's just up and down throughout the day. That's life. 
That's how life goes. But I want to ask this question. How do we push through the waves of life and keep our drive 100%? How do we, how do we take all these external waves, these things that are hitting us, the high moments, the low moments, how, we, how do we keep our drive for Christ 100% through all the waves of life? That's the goal. To keep our drive going 100%, to keep our motivation for the Lord 100% throughout the waves of life. Because it's tempting on both ends of the spectrum. When we're at a high moment in life, things are going really well, sometimes we forget about God. We forget that we need God. And so we don't focus on spiritual things. We're just enjoying life and forgetting about God. And then in the low moments, things aren't going well. Sometimes we get discouraged and we, we our motivation falters for the Lord. So how do we push through the waves of life and keep that 100% drive? I want to use an example of someone in the Bible who, who mastered this. Someone who completely was able to push through all the waves of life and keep his motivation and his drive going. And that, that man's name was Paul. And he wrote this letter to the church at Philippi. He said about himself, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, that means to be brought low, and I know how to abound, to, to be brought high, to have good moments. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. I've learned both to abound and to suffer need. He's talking about the high moments and low moments of life. Paul had those moments, like we all do. And we know some of Paul's low moments specifically. We know Paul was shipwrecked. We know Paul was abandoned by his friends. We know Paul was beaten and stoned and left for dead. But in all those moments, he got back up and he kept going. His drive for the Lord never faltered. And he kept going. And he had high moments as well. He established, helped establish uh, congregations and, and felt the joy of people converting to the Lord. But he always kept his drive going for Christ. And that's the example he left for us. So the first point I have is don't ride the waves. Don't let the external waves of life affect your internal drive. Don't let all the external things that we can't control affect the internal within us. Don't ride the waves of life. And I want to ask you this question. What causes waves in your life? What has caused you to have low moments this past year? What has caused you to have high moments this past year? I've come up with three things, and there are more, but uh, three, really four Ps. Uh, people, possessions, pride, and popularity. These things affect us. They cause waves in our life. We cannot let these things control our internal drive. That means our internal drive for the Lord has to be independent of these external things, of these other things, people, possessions, pride, and popularity. So let's look at these things real quick. Let's look at people. Uh, people affect us, but the truth is we cannot control other people. We cannot control other people's health, and we cannot control other people's choices. No matter how much we want to, we can't completely control these things. We can influence, we can uh, provide doctor care, we can um, seek medical help, 
Uh, we can try and influence others to make the right choices, but we can't completely control these two things. And our, all of our health will fail. And all of us sometimes make the wrong choices. And we disappoint each other. And I make choices that disappoint others. And you make choices that disappoint others. And it's frustrating. And it affects other people. And it affect, affects us. But we can't let these things affect our internal drive. Now, I, 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 I've mentioned that this before, I think, but um, as a parent, a somewhat new parent, <clears throat> I'm learning more and more that I can't control other people. No matter how much I want to control my children, I can't completely control my children. Now, I can influence, I can guide, I can try and tell them, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, over and over. Uh, but they still do it. And I can't completely control their choices. And that will continue as they get older. You know, no matter how many times I tell Luke, don't grab the black rocks in the planters, he wants to go back there and touch the rocks and grab the rocks and throw them. And it, it's frustrating. And all I can do is just keep trying and influencing and, and showing him what is right and what is wrong. But sometimes people make choices that really disappoint us. Sometimes it's a loved one that, that we put our trust in and they uh, abandon us or they, they uh, forsake us or, or they break our trust or disappoint us in some way. And that can really affect us. Sometimes people um, succumb to poor health. Sometimes um, people that we love pass away uh, involuntarily. And that affects us. That hurts us. And, and um, it's difficult to press forward in those moments. But we have to press forward. And, and that's true, I think, um, even in, in close-knit uh, relationships. And I think that's true with, uh, even in a marriage. You know, uh, Laura and I, uh, we motivate each other. She motivates me a lot. She encourages me and, and uh, she helps me keep my drive for the Lord, encourages me to, to focus on the Lord and do things uh, spiritually. But I can't put my faith, the basis of my faith, in Laura. And she can't put the basis of her faith in me. We have to have our own relationship with the Lord. And our motivation, our, the basis of our faith in, in the Lord can't be in one another or in any other person. It has to be solely in the Lord. Because chances are, uh, one of us will pass before the other person and we're going to outlive one or the other. That's just the odds of life. And so if my basis of my faith is in my spouse and she's gone for whatever reason, then that can really affect me. But it can't, my basis of my faith can't be in someone else. It has to be in the Lord. And I have to keep that motor going. That motivation has to come from the Lord. So we can't put our faith in other people. Uh, back to our example of Paul in 2 Timothy 4, verses 9 through 10. Paul says this uh, to Timothy. He says, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. And at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. So Paul here is saying, you know, I had these friends that I trusted in. I had Demas. I had Crescent. 
Uh, Titus left, and at my first defense, no one stood with me. Everyone forsook me. And he's lamenting this. He's sad about this. But Paul kept going. Paul kept that, he didn't let that affect his drive for the Lord. He didn't give up. He didn't say, well, I'm done. Everyone left me, I'm done. No, he kept driving for the Lord. Sometimes people forsake us, they leave us, they disappoint us, but we got to keep our drive for the Lord. we got to keep going and serving the Lord. And in, in, in reality, the only one that will never leave us and never forsake us is the Lord. So we got to put our trust in Him first and foremost. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 through 5, Paul again says, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So even Paul, and how great he was in, in influencing the first century church and all the great things he did for the Lord, even Paul said, don't put your faith in me. I came to you speaking simple words, not in eloquent, uh, flowing words of, of man's wisdom, because I wanted you not to put your faith in me, but put your faith in the power of God. Don't put your faith in any man, in any person, but put your faith in the power of God. That's what Paul said to the church. And uh, he understood the importance of that because people want to follow people. People wanted to follow Paul. People wanted to follow Peter and Apollos. They wanted to follow people. And naturally, we want to do that. But Paul said, don't do that. Don't put your faith in any other person. Put your faith in the Lord. So people cannot control our drive. That cannot be the basis of our drive for the Lord. What about possessions? Um, same idea. Possessions cannot be trusted. Possessions are fleeting. Money is fleeting. If we uh, follow after material things and gaining more and more riches in this life, it will leave us empty and disappointed. Paul again, talking to Timothy, says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Again, Paul warns people about following after riches. Uh, Brother David mentioned in his prayer this morning that we are all rich in this country. And that's true compared to other countries and, and the rest of the world most of the rest of the world, we are very rich in this country. So I would say we probably all fall into this category in this, this passage right here. And it's a warning for us. Paul says, don't follow after these things because what they will lead you to is being drowned in destruction and perdition. It's going to lead us to be pierced through with many sorrows. We'll be left empty. And then in verse 17, he says, command those who are rich not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches. And that's just the truth about possessions and, and things in this life, our jobs, 
anything physical in this life, they are uncertain. The other day, uh, I was working down in Corpus Christi, and, and down in Corpus Christi, um, in the office there, they put a bunch of us um, in this big room. Uh, they call it the bullpen, and it's uh, all these uh, engineers, and we all sit in the same room. We're all right next to each other, and so uh, when I'm working the whole day, I just overhear these conversations the whole time from, from my coworkers. And just a couple weeks ago, I overheard this conversation of, of an older coworker um, who was talking about his career and reminiscing on it and talking about how he had a buddy uh, who started out with him. And uh, he just talked about how his buddy just really climbed the ladder, the corporate ladder, and really got really high within a company. Eventually, he became the vice president of a very large oil company. And he was very well off. He uh, had saved a lot of money for retirement. He hit retirement age 65. He retired. Within six months, his health completely declined. He had full-on dementia and couldn't uh, even hold an intelligible conversation with someone else. And so all of that money, and he said he had millions prepared, millions in his bank account, ready to be used to enjoy in retirement, and it was all just sitting there. And he couldn't enjoy that. And he worked all his life and got to that moment. And in the end, those possessions didn't uh, uh, pan out for him. And he couldn't enjoy them. And that reminded me of this, this parable here in, in Luke 12, of, of the parable of the rich fool, it's called, where this rich man says, you know, I've got all these good things. I've got this barn full of goods. Uh, in fact, it's overflowing with goods. So I'm going to tear down the barn. I'm going to build a bigger barn so it can be full of all these good things and I'm just going to enjoy them. And God says, you fool, you've spent your life uh, focused on this, but tonight your soul is required of you. And, and uh, he lost his life and he couldn't enjoy all these things. So the point is, if we focus our life on building wealth, if we focus our life on on accumulating more and more things, and we try and find happiness and motivation in these things, we're going to be left feeling empty. These things are uncertain. Money in, money out. Sometimes money in, more money out. And these things won't bring us joy and happiness. They are uncertain. They cannot be the basis of our drive. What about pride and popularity? Sometimes we're, we feed on the praise of others. And we seek to be lifted up. We seek prestige. We seek to be, to be looked at as someone great that accomplished many things. And that, that's a drive for a lot of people. But that drive also is, is uh, empty. That drive um, is lacking. So if our drive is pride and popularity, then we're, we're missing the mark. Matthew 23, 5-9, Jesus really calls out the religious leaders of the day and calls them out for their pride. Their motivation was to be praised by others. And he calls them out for that. He says, but all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi. For one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father. He who is in heaven. 
Jesus talks about these religious people who had let uh, pride get to them. And their whole motivation was to be called master, teacher, to be looked on as someone great. And that can happen even in the church. We can be motivated by pride and praise of others. And sometimes we do good things so that other people will see us and praise us for. That's the wrong motivation. Jesus says, don't let that be the motivation for your drive. Uh, In other places, he says, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Do things in secret. Make sure you do all things for the glory of God and not for the glory of yourself. So pride and popularity cannot be our motivation because when the praise stops, so will our motivation. And we'll get upset and we'll uh, uh, lose our motivation and, and it'll be obvious that our intentions were impure. And if someone criticizes us, we'll get upset about that and we won't uh, be able to work with one another. Pride and popularity cannot be the motivation of our drive. These things cannot control and affect our internal drive. Second point. So number one, don't ride the waves. Number two, get help and give help. I mentioned uh, other people cannot be the basis of our faith. We can't put our faith in other people. But other people can certainly help us and influence us to keep our faith in the one that we should put our faith in. And so we should absolutely use that to our advantage and, and, and help one another, be there for one another. We can influence each other to keep our drive for the Lord. And um, we should absolutely do that. One thing that gets in the way of that is our pride, as we just mentioned. Uh, but in Proverbs 16, verse 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 12, verse 15, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. So sometimes we're too proud to seek help. But I want to encourage you and myself this next year, 2024, don't be too proud to get help. Seek help where you need it. And I'll admit to you, there's times where I've been too proud to admit I need help. Uh, Too proud to admit I am weak, that I've been struggling, that I need help from others because I want to pretend that I'm perfect. I want to pretend that I've got it all figured out, but I don't. None of us do, and we need to be willing to seek help from each other and not be be too proud to do so. Ephesians 6, 18-19, again the example of Paul. He says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication or prayers for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Paul, again, as many great things as he did, he sought help. And there are many examples of where Paul requests the prayers on his own behalf from the church. And this is just one example. He says, pray for me that I may have the right words so that words will come to my mind so that I know what to say to other people. So we request help in that way. So we should absolutely be reaching out to one another, seeking help when we need it. So let's do that in 2024. Let's, let's seek help from each other. Not, let's not be too proud to do so. On the flip side, we need to be willing to give help. Not only seek it, but give help to those in need. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. Therefore, comfort each other, edify one another, just as you also are doing. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. 
See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. So Paul here tells that the church uh, at Thessalonica tells them, comfort each other, edify or build up each other as you're also doing. Um, so he's saying here, this church, you're already doing this. And, and they were, they, as we read in the scripture, they were a faithful, loving congregation. He's saying, you're already doing it, but keep doing it. Do it even more. You know, I think that kind of applies here today in, in, in our congregation. I think we're very good in comforting and, and being there for one another. Uh, not perfect at it. We're not, we, you know, we could always improve. And we should improve. We should do it even more. Look for more opportunities to comfort one another, build each other up, to be a stronger, closer-knit family, be involved in each other's lives. And that's what we are. We're a family. And that's a great blessing. We can be a strong family universally and here locally in this congregation in 2024. So let's band together in 2024 and grow as a family, being there for one another. And he tells us how to do that. Warn those who are unruly. Sometimes that means pointing out uh, flaws in each other, uh, pointing out that, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't have said this or or maybe you could improve in this way and, and being humble and loving and doing that as a family. Uh, we need to be uh, comforting the faint-hearted, upholding the weak, being patient with all. And this will be a loving family if we do these things. So let's do that this next year. Let's band together as a family and do these things. Hebrews 3 verses 12 through 13 says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So this verse expands on that and, and tells us how often we should be doing this. He says, exhort one another daily. So not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, not just when we're here in the, in the building, daily. We need to be involved, intimately involved in each other's lives, looking for opportunities to encourage one another. Maybe that means sending a text to, to someone or, or making a phone call or um, uh, going to events, family events with other people, eating with other people, inviting people into uh, your home, whatever that means, being involved in each other's lives so that we can know each other and help each other in times of need. Because if I don't know you that well, then I'm not going to know when you're in, in uh, a time of need. I'm not going to know when you're struggling. And, and that's on me to reach out to you and to, to grow in my relationship with you. And so we should exhort one another daily to encourage each other. This is something uh, a little different, but uh, this is something Laura and I are planning to do in uh, this next year in 2024. So I wanted to take advantage of this opportunity now to invite all of you to be a part of, of this if, you're, if you desire to. Uh, we've done reading plans before, Bible reading plans in this app called the YouVersion Bible app. And, and it's a really good tool, I think, to, to keep track of, of reading uh, the word. Uh, so we're going to try this New Testament in one year reading plan. So it's not the whole Bible. It's just the New Testament. But it's a daily reading plan. It's the New Testament in one year. And the plans, I, I like them because it keeps track of your progress. You can invite other people so we can get a group of people together on a single plan. We can keep track of the progress. 
And at the end of each daily reading, there's an opportunity for discussion. And so we can uh, make comments, discuss about, talk about what we just read. So this is something Laura and I wanted to invite anyone who wants to, to be a part of this one-year reading plan this next year, the New Testament in one year. And we thought maybe this is a way we can encourage each other daily, that we can be involved and, and talk to each other daily about what truly is important. So if you're interested in this, um, uh, you can get with one of us after after services, and we can show you how to be a part of this plan. Uh, but I want to take advantage of this opportunity to to invite y'all to be a part of that. Um, and if there's any other ideas that y'all have, certainly we we want to uh, be involved in that as well. Uh, but just wanted to pitch that to you at this moment. Uh, but the point is to be involved in each other's lives daily, to encourage each other to keep the faith. Uh, and that's that's the goal. And that's what I want to do in 2024. Last point. And really, it's, it's obvious, and I've already kind of made this point, uh, but it all really drives down to this. Christ alone is the reason for our drive. Christ alone is the basis of our drive. He's the whole point of our drive. He's the whole point of, of everything. Christ alone is the center of it all. And so that's my final point for you. So ask, I want to ask this question. How does Christ relate to our drive? I have three F's this time. Uh, real quickly, three F's. Christ is the foundation. Christ is the fuel. And Christ is the focus of our spiritual drive. And that's, that's the way it should be. So let's look at foundation real quick. Uh, I have a photo of a house of cards. Um, if you know me really well, uh, then you may know that I like to build houses of cards. And sometimes you may find me at a, a game night or activity night or maybe a family gatherings and there's a deck of cards on the table. And if I'm sitting there at the table and no one wants to play with me, um, I'll open up the deck of cards and I'll just start building a house of cards. Uh, and I, I enjoy doing that. I take pride in building houses of cards. And I want to tell you, I built some pretty impressive houses of cards, much bigger than this one. So uh, I'm proud of, of, of the houses I built. Um, and when they're done, I'll take a picture with it and, and everything. Um, but also, it's, uh, it can be very frustrating building a house of cards. You know, it really depends on the, the surface of the table, if the table's wobbly and moves, um, how slick the cards are and all that. Uh, it can be very frustrating in building a house of cards because over and over it may fall and something, uh, a little breath of air, and it all falls down. And especially now, it's even more frustrating and difficult for me because I've got two little ones, in particular the youngest, and if I'm trying to build a house of cards, he'll... Uh, come bumbling over and you'll see his head bobbing. He's just looking around. He's looking for something to destroy. And there's the house of cards and his little hand, he'll swipe at it. And it'll all come crashing down. And so it can be frustrating because it's, it's unstable. And even the big houses of cards, as impressive as they are, they so easily fall over. My point in this is that if we base our life or base our motivation, 
or base our drive on anything other than Christ, then we're building a house of cards. If we base our life and our drive, our motivation in 2024 on building our business, and that's our sole focus, we're building a house of cards. If we base our life, our drive in 2024 on our family and on pleasing our family, we're building a house of cards. If we build our family on anything other than the Lord, it's a house of cards. If we base our life on gaining more possessions and pride, people, pride, popularity, possessions, all those P's that we talked about, it's a house of cards and a little breath of air and it will all come crumbling down. If, we, if someone builds a church on anything other than Christ, they're building a house of cards and they may have thousands of people, but if it's based on a person or based on any other thing than Christ, it's a house of cards and when the wind comes and, and the storm comes, great will be the fall of it. So our life may seem impressive if we build up things in this life, but if it's not built on the foundation of the Lord, it's a house of cards, and at the end of our life, it will all come crumbling down. This is the way Jesus put it, a much better analogy. He said this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus is that rock. Jesus is that foundation that we need to build on. And if you build your foundation on the rock, Jesus, it says, and the rain descends, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does, and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The only foundation that is stable and that will stand the storms of life is the foundation, the rock, Jesus. We must base our life, our family's life, our church, our own internal motivation solely on Jesus because anything else will fall. Anything else is built on sand and when the storms come, great will be the fall of it. So I want to encourage you in 2024, make sure your foundation is built on Jesus Make sure Jesus is the drive that drives you in 2024. And we may have resolutions. We may have uh, physical things we want to do. There's nothing wrong with that. We may want to lose weight. We may want to exercise. We may want to uh, start a hobby, grow our business, all these things. I'm not saying those things are wrong. Those are good things, actually. But make sure our main drive and everything is focused on Jesus. And that should be the primary drive of our life in 2024. And if we do that, everything will work out the way it should. Everything will fall into place and we will build a house that will not fall. Jesus must be our foundation. Jesus must also be our fuel. So we build the foundation on Jesus and Jesus is our fuel to keep us going. Jesus says in John 6, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus says, I'm the bread. I'm the sustenance. I'm the fuel that keeps you going. Christ alone is what satisfies our soul. And when God created us, when God created you, he put eternity into your heart. He put something into your heart that desires to seek him. He put something deep within you, deep within your heart that yearns to go back to him, to go home, to be with God. 
We all have that longing deep within us, but sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we let our selfish desires get in the way of what we truly desire deep within us. And we get distracted, we go off course, but we find that all these things that we try to please ourselves with, they leave us feeling empty. They don't truly satisfy that deep longing within us. The only thing that can truly satisfy that deep yearning within us is the Lord, is Jesus. Christ alone is what will truly satisfy that craving within us, that desire within us. Everything else will leave us feeling empty in the end. So let's feed ourselves on the word of God in 2024. Let's truly try and seek the Lord and see see if that changes our feelings. See if that makes us happy and brings us joy because it, it will. If we truly desire and seek and feed on the word of God, it will bring us a satisfaction and a peace that passes all understanding that this world cannot offer. Lastly, Christ is our focus, our foundation, our fuel, and our focus. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2, the writer here says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The writer here says, we've just talked about all these faithful people, and so since we have their examples, let's follow that example, let's lay aside every weight, put aside every selfish desire, everything that's holding us back, drop it off, let's put aside sin, let's put that behind us, which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, fixating our eyes upon Christ. Christ should be our focus. Christ is the final destination. And so he's the one, he's showing us the way, he trailblazed the way to, to bring us home. And so we've got to set our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Final verse uh, in Philippians 4. We started out the sermon uh, with Philippians 4, verses 11 through 12. We talked about how Paul didn't ride the waves of life. He didn't let the high moments and the low moments affect him, but he had this internal drive, this internal motor that kept going no matter what was going on around him. And then in verse 13, he tells us how he did that. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ is the answer. He's the one that will get you through the low moments this next year. He's the one that will keep you focused in the good moments this next year. Christ should be the foundation, the fuel, and our focus of our drive in 2024. So that's my encouragement to you this morning. Let's put Christ first this next year. Again, I want to extend the invitation of, of the Bible reading plan. If you want to be involved in that, it'll start tomorrow. And you can get with Laura and I after services to to set that up. Uh, but also I want to give a much greater invitation uh, as we close, the invitation of the Lord. Uh, it says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Jesus says, follow me. Put me first in, in 2024. Give your life completely to the Lord. If you haven't done that, now's the time to do it. It's a time of refreshing, a time of a new year, and it can be a new start for you. If you seek to be baptized, to give your heart fully to the Lord, do that this morning. 
Or if you need the prayers of the church uh, and you need to, to rededicate your life or need the prayers for whatever reason, uh, we invite you to do that now as we stand and sing.